During Robert Brogdon's Olathe Buick GMC clearance event, save up to 20% on new models like the 2023 Buick Encore GX or GMC Sierra 1500. View their huge inventory at robertbrogdon.com and find your perfect match. Sports Radio Station presents the number one motorsport show for over two decades, Track Talk. Brought to you by Rod in Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Here are the racing boys, Scott Trailer and Kirk Elliott. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Track Talk here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. The mothership of sports radio here in Kansas City, hometown. Kirk, it's hard to believe that we've been there this long, all these years, isn't it? It's crazy. You've been there from the very beginning. Well, I have. I was Sports Radio 810. What was that, 1999? Uh, 98 is 98 on uh, 1510. On 1510. We started on 1510 back in the day. And then the blowtorch began in 99. And, on and, and if people don't remember, my original partner was Tom Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. The legendary Tom Wilson. The God rest his soul. Always the voice of Central Missouri Speedway. Did Tom have the best pipes ever? Yeah, he, he had a great voice. Man, he had the voice, didn't yeah. he? Yep, he was. He could do anything with that voice of his. He, he was one of the uh, great track announcers in the Kansas City area, no doubt about that. If you put him up on a Mount Rushmore of four or five of the great track announcers in this Kansas area. City area has ever seen, yeah, you'd yeah. have to put Tom Wilson up there. No doubt about it. Um, but Tom could be a little edgy, couldn't he? He was harder to handle than me, right? Much harder to handle. But he had to handle you, you too. He had to handle me as well. Which, that that's always a tough deal. Yeah. Man, we got a great show lined up for you today. Um, we've got some sound from uh, Mostly Motorsports that we do on Mondays at 12 noon Central Time. Every Monday at 12 noon, we do a show called Mostly Motorsports. And uh, we're going to play a little bit of the interview that we did with Sam Haverteef. And... Uh, also, we've got some sound that we're going to run from Steve Post, the Postman. And uh, and a good friend of ours who won an Emmy, and we are so proud of him, Steve Griswold. He picked up an Emmy. That was great, wasn't it, Kirk, for him to pick up an Emmy? Well-deserved. Well-deserved. Uh, Emmy Award for uh, working for ESPN for the National Championship football game. Not this past one but the year ago right he was on that team that did the video for the georgia alabama national championship game he was on that crew and they won an emmy award and it, steve griswold is one of ours it, it, to be honest with you we've known him since i've known him since 1998 he was my cameraman over at metro sports and he has moved up the ladder and works at espn now and has earned an emmy and uh, we want to talk to him about that big Emmy that he won. So that's uh, that's great, great for Steve Griswold to uh, pick up that Emmy, and we're going to play that a little bit. And then also later in the show, we're going to have Jerry Covert in. He's going to be on the uh, the Central Auto Racing Boosters Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's, he's getting uh, inducted, isn't he? A great guy, big yeah. uh, big name around the Topeka area. Which, by the way, Topeka no longer has any dirt tracks. So we'll talk about that. That's kind of sad in itself, yeah. isn't it? 
Yeah, and Jerry, Covert's got a long history of racing around the Topeka area and he's got a lot of great stories to tell, so we'll hear from him coming up exclusively Hour 2 on Racing Boys, and we're streaming live on our social network pages, Facebook and YouTube Live, as we do every Saturday morning, as well as the Mostly Motorsport Show on Monday. Right. So, and then uh, Lee Spencer's going to join us here at the end of the hour. We'll talk a little bit about Daytona 500. So we got a lot uh, going on. Unfortunately, not a lot of dirt racing going on this weekend. Uh, the only thing that I've seen that is going on Saturday and Sunday of this weekend is at Fontana, California for the NASCAR. Right. Xfinity today, Cup Series tomorrow. I don't see any dirt races tonight or, or last night. There was nothing to watch. And I want to remind everybody that on Monday we are going to have Hudson O'Neill on. Late model drivers currently second in the Lucas Oil AS, uh, the Lucas Oil Sprint or Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. He's currently second in the points right there, right? Kurt? He's the new driver of the Rocket House Car number one. Brandon Shepard stepped away and uh, is going to run his own team. And Hudson O'Neill was hired to jump in that car for Mark Richards. And, and uh, he's been he's on off, a roll. Yeah, he's off to a hot start. Right. He won back-to-back races in the Lucas Oil Late Model Series at East Bay. And then last Saturday night in the World of Outlaws Late Models, he came from 23rd starting spot, right. charged up, and won the race in pretty right. exciting he's, fashion. He's, he's, so we'll got four, about that. he's got four wins this year, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. So he'll be joining us on Mostly Motorsports on, on Monday. Monday. Can't wait for that. No, that's going to be good. I can't wait for that. So, uh, Kirk, let's let's start off by talking about Freddie Raymer wins out at Lincoln uh, on Thursday night. Um, what did you think of that race? I was amazed they got it in. I mean, we're talking about Pennsylvania right. on February 23rd. Cold weather. You're hearing all these forecasts about severe weather all over the country right? and bad winter weather everywhere, and yet they got a day where it was like 70 degrees. Right. In Abbottstown, Pennsylvania, which is, uh, I think it's south of Williams Grove, somewhere around Gettysburg. It's right. still wintertime in Pennsylvania, yet they got this race in. It was a full house, and Freddie Raymer started outside the front row, and he did a great job of working lap traffic and held off Justin Peck, Danny Dietrich, and Brent Marks, and Matt Macri and other guys were in the field, too, so it was a really good field. That was a, a stiff field of cars. It, it, they had Anthony Macri in there, Brett Marks, uh, Devin Borden, Danny Dietrich, Justin Peck. Um, there was quite a few other guys. Uh, B- uh, Billy Dietrich, he was in there. Uh, there's a lot of quality cars, that, uh, but he came from all the way. No, he started outside front row. Oh, he started on yeah. the front row outside. Yeah, he yeah. did. There's yeah. two. There's the eight two cars. Rangers. Yeah, yeah. The number eight car. The eight car started on the front row outside. Who did he start on the front row outside of? Uh, Ross, the seventy-five car, who led uh, the first couple of laps, and then he spun, he spun out. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I thought Freddie did a great job of working lap traffic, and when they interviewed Justin Peck and Danny Dietrich. After the race, they gave Freddie props for, hey, he must have did a great job of working lap traffic because we couldn't get around him. And he did. He just maneuvered that lap traffic great. But he's a three-time reigning champion 
at Lincoln Speedway going for his fourth straight title. So he knows his way around Lincoln Speedway pretty right. well. And he, uh, Tyler, he, Tyler Ross did Tyler not Ross. finish that race, right. the number 75 car. So uh, he knows how to maneuver around that track, and he did a perfect job of getting around lap traffic to pull that off. Yeah. That track's not as big as some of the other tracks around there. It's uh, No, it's not the big half miles that we're used to right. seeing at Williams Grove, Port Royal, Sealands Grove. Not not near as big a track as that. How big is that? It's bigger than, it looks bigger than a 3.8, though. I'm not sure how big that track is, Kirk, to be honest with you. But it's tight maneuvering around there, especially if you get, and they only had one yellow flag in that race. That happened when Ross spun out, I think, on lap three. They went the rest of the 30 laps with no yellow flag, so you can imagine lap traffic was going to be a, Major, major in play in that, right? Yeah, yeah no doubt. Um, but to outrun somebody like Justin Peck, Danny Dietrich, Devin Borden, Matt Campbell, Brett Marks, Anthony Mackery, Kyle Moody, Cameron Smith, those are pretty good names are up there Yeah, in I mean, PA. I don't know how much better you can get. Brent Marks and Anthony Mackery, two of the winningest drivers in all the sprint car racing last year. Marks won... You know, the, the, the full weekend of the uh, King's Royal and the historical big one at Eldora, plus a number of other big races, he was in the field. We know how strong Justin Peck has been. He's already been off to a great start this year of running up front. And uh, Danny Dietrich has won a lot of races out there. So, yeah, that's a pretty heavy-duty field out there that ran on Thursday night. They're yeah. going to try again on Sunday night, by the way. They, right. They didn't race last night. They hadn't planned on because of the bad weather forecast coming in. So I think it's pretty touch-and-go. They'll be able to get that race in on Sunday night, but we'll see what happens. Um, Marie, she just chimed in, and she says that Raymer knows that track like Macri knows Port. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Macri is, uh, he owns Port Royal Speedway. And, and we just want to give a shout out to Marie. She's out there in PA and she's one of our regular listeners and, and her and Tammy always chime in from Pennsylvania listening to the show. I'm interested. Marie, did you go to the race on yeah. Thursday night? I would it, be it interested. Looked in, like a huge crowd. Looked like a packed it, house. It looked like a nice crowd, didn't it? Yeah. Um, so, uh, Marie says that if there was a yellow, Peck might have got him at the end of that That's race. That's possible. Right. Yeah, because yeah. that would have just changed everything. That would have taken the lap traffic out of play, allowed those two guys to start next to each other up front. So, yeah, Peck might have been able to uh, pull that off, but with no yellow flags, uh, there was not a chance. Mm-hmm. It, because there was just uh, too many lap cars between he and Raymer to even get close to him to have a run on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Kirk, the the World of Outlaws and the PA Posse are going to be running at uh, Port Royal on uh, three ten and three eleven. That's my birthday, by the way. Three eleven. Three three eleven. Uh, that's a different schedule for the Outlaws. If you remember, in years past, they'd go out to California. They'd make two trips to California, one in March and the other in, what, late August, September? I wonder why they decided to stay out of in PA. Maybe keeping their fingers crossed for some warm weather. I think uh, 
try to keep travel costs down, not knowing what the weather is going to be like. Because if you get all the way out to California in March you never and have rain outs, yeah. that's, that's bad for right, all the race right, teams. Right. And then they're going to race at Williams Grove on 317, and then they're going to be racing at Lincoln on 318. Same track they raced on Thursday night. Right, yeah. Yeah. So a little bit different schedule for That's the outlaws. That's a nice little schedule right there. Yeah. They're going back to Volusia next weekend. Uh, be a Saturday-Sunday event at Volusia Speedway Park next weekend. Why are they going back Pennsylvania. down there? I don't know, because the weather's probably going to be good. I don't have any idea. Hmm. You know, they're looking for a place to schedule on the first weekend in March, and you're limited on where you can go so that hey we own this track down here at Volusia. why not just race just go down at there the track we own and, and, and that's which makes sense and, and that's at the first of march right march uh yeah sunday and monday march 5th and 6th right next weekend mm-hmm. i don't know why they scheduled on a sunday monday why not a weekend friday saturday Sunday. I have no idea why they're well, going Sunday and Monday. Maybe they're looking at the forecast. Yeah, but that's what, that's been on the schedule for weeks now. Oh, it has. Yeah. Mm. So I I don't know why they uh, picked Sunday and Monday instead of just a normal Friday Saturday at Volusia, but that's what they're going to do next weekend. Right. Did you hear that Kitty Wallace is going to be running the SRX car down there at uh, Lucas Oil Speedway? Yeah, the you know, we talked about this a few weeks ago, the SRX series. This is right. the series that was Tony on CBS Stewart. for the last couple of years. They ran them on Saturday nights. ESPN's got the contract for that now. Is it going to be Stewart on CBS got, uh, this year? Is it going to be on CBS It's going to be on ESPN on well, Thursday nights. Thursday and nights. And Lucas Oil Speedway is hosting the final event of that series in the middle of August. I'm not sure if that's the week of the Knoxville Nationals, but it's right around that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, that's going to be a big deal for Lucas Oil Speedway. It is. that event coming in, and there's going to be a lot Let of big-name guys. Let me ask you this, Kirk. Will, guys. will it outdo the Show Me 100? No, I don't think so. Last year, the Show Me 100 over Memorial Weekend just drew a monster crowd. I think it's the biggest crowd I've ever seen at Lucas Oil Speedway. And that, to me, is still the showcase event for Lucas Hole Speedway, and I don't think this event will change that. Mm. Well, um, so Kenny Wallace, he's, he'll sell some tickets, though. Well, yeah, but so there'll be other drivers there that'll sell a lot of tickets, too. Yeah. LEO and, you know, some other drivers like that. What be was the there. driver Tony that Tony got into it with last year? I can't remember. You remember the guy that he got into it with, and he yeah. was kind of shoving him around a little bit, and, and he got a little attitude towards him. I can't remember. Because he ran into Tony. Do you remember that? I do re- I remember the incident, but I don't recall who the driver was. I can't remember his name. Todd wouldn't know either, right? Todd wouldn't know We'd have know to do that. some research uh-uh. on that. Uh-uh. I don't Sorry know. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, don't, uh, don't remember that one, Todd, huh? No, I watched some racing, but I don't catch all You know, that. I didn't right. watch a lot of those races on Saturday night because there was just too many other stuff going on. And a lot of times I'd forget that it was even on. Right. You know, if, if you had, uh, you know, we're thinking about it, you'd set your DVR for the CBS and watch it later. Mm-hmm. But I like the fact that they've moved it to Thursday night now. I think that's a great move by this on SRX the series. Right. I'll be watching those races uh, live now since they're on Thursday night. 
ESPN. Oh, yeah. I think it's a good move yeah. by them to uh, get those races on a night a lot of more people can watch. Man, you know, Tody must be a hell of a negotiator. To be able to get that race on ESPN on a Thursday night, just think about that. Well, if you Thursday look at night, it, it, it's kind of like Thursday Night Thunder. Right. Right. You know, they, there's a void with Thursday Night Football. You know, people are used to tuning into something live on Thursday night. Right. And yeah. this this will ha- absolutely help. I mean, Well, in June, July, and August, what else is going on? That's right. There's right. not much going on. You know? Yeah. So I think I think it's a great move, and uh, I think it's going to help that series. It'll be interesting to watch. I, I'm, I'd like to be down there for that. That is going to be well, a cool ESPN, event. The SRX event? Yeah. yeah. ESPN always does a good well, production well, job, too, so well, you know well, it's not going to be, you know, production. I'm going to go up to Liberty RV this weekend, and I'm <clears throat> I'm going to find something to trade our motorhome for. What do you think about that, Kurt? Hey, you're the you're the motorhome guy. And then we we just have to buy a pickup to pull it with. What do you think about that? You good with that? That's that's your deal. You you're the one that uh, is going to wheel that thing around. Yeah. So so um, Sam Haferty picks up the Ronald Laney Memorial at East Bay. That was a pretty big win for him. Three sixty nationals, right? That that was an interesting race to say the least, because he had to come from the back twice in that race to make that happen. Mm-hmm. He got uh, had a tire go down as everybody else did. They had right rear tires go down, and. So he had to go to the back for that. Then he got up into the back of Danny Martin Jr.'s car, which that could have caused a whole lot of damage, spun around that, went to the back for that. But I think he just found the rubber quicker than everybody else. He came up into that second line. He just rocketed around everybody else. They even called him for jumping the restart one time. Right. And they put him back two spots, and he still overcame that. And and that track really rubbered up, didn't it? It did. Yeah. But uh, when, that, when we talk about the track laying rubber, that's when the tire gets so abrasive that it starts to lay the rubber down on the racetrack. And then once it starts to lay the rubber down on the racetrack, the grip comes in, and then you can't get out of that groove. you got to stay in the rubber and get the grip, right? But it just chewed up right rear tires. It did. Big time. And, Sam blew a right rear tire. And he was fortunate enough to have that happen to him early in, in the, the race, race. Yeah. Where everybody else had their tires go down after that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he had, uh, he was fortunate enough to get uh, get that right rear uh, switch to get him to the end of that race. Uh, but uh, I just think, I think he did a good job of finding the rubber before everybody else. There was a lot of good cars down there. You, you had Sam Haperteef, you had Terry McCarl, Aaron Reitzel, Ryan Tim, Zeb Weiss, um, Tim Schaefer. Um, Mark Smith. Mark Smith was there. Uh, Danny Martin Jr. was there as well. So they had a lot of good cars down there at that race. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, the first big 360 event of the whole year. But uh, Sam came from 11th. Right. Right. And then he had to go to the back. Again. Twice. Twice. And able to rally back. So it was an interesting race to watch. And uh, that's the second year in a row that Sam Haferteeth had won the Ronald Blaney Memorial. He knows how to get around that racetrack yeah. for sure. Kyle Cummins picked up the win at Bubba 
uh, Raceway Park in Ocala, Florida. I thought Brady Bacon was going to be able to do it again, but uh, Kyle Cummins had a faster race car, and it's kind of interesting that Cummins was on his third engine of the week. They had to truck Three the engine in. Three motors they went through. Yeah. They had to bring an engine in before they started racing at Bubba Raceway from Indiana. They had a, a friend of his that happened to be in Texas who drove from Texas to Indiana to pick up the engine and then drive down to Florida to get it put in the Kyle Cummins he, car he before to, they were able to race it at Bubba Raceway Park. Let, let, let's make it clear. He had to drive from Texas to Indiana, right. pick up a motor, and then drive it to Florida. That's right. Wow. How about and that? Because the, the first that, engine. That's, that's commitment right there. They had two engines with them when they went down to Florida. They blew the first one at Volusia Speedway Park when they were down there for that. Then they blew the second engine on practice night. At right. So they they were out of motors. They were out so of motors. So they had to figure out what to do, and they got that third engine in there, and he picks up the win on Saturday night down at He uh, started Bubba. second, and Brady Bacon started first, and he ended up beating yeah. Brady Bacon. And Brady Bacon won the night before that. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to get himself back into a championship mode. He didn't win the championship last year. Justin Grant right. won it. Yeah. Uh, but Brady Bacon looks still looks like, even though he got beat by Kyle Cummins, he's off to a pretty good start. Bra- Brady's got to be the odds-on favorite I to win so. the championship again. Yeah. He just knows how to do it. He's knows consistent. How, he's very consistent, right? All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more of Track Talk right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome back. It's Track Talk. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Can't thank Bob Douglas for coming on board with us. And it's a great pleasure to represent Rod In Supply. I've been a longtime supporter of the Racing Boys since the beginning, Kirk, right? They are the best. They've been with us the whole time. Right. Never wavered. Kansas City based. Never wavered with nope. us, not once. All right, Kirk, you want to set up this Sam Haferteef interview? Uh, Sam Haferteef, we are talking about here just a little while ago, uh, won the Ronald Blaney Memorial at East Bay Raceway Park. Had to come from the back twice to do it. He's come, become a more of a 410 racer this year and has stepped up his game now for Miles Hill. And uh, we talked with him on Mostly Motorsports earlier in the week and Talks about uh, what's coming up in 2023. Let's let's shake down what you're going to be doing this year, Sam. Uh, are you going to plan on running with the All Stars for the most part? It looks like right now we have a total of around 25 All Star shows we were going to run. A total of probably like 50 Outlaw shows, and then the rest of the shows that that will run will be mainly you know some open competition shows in pennsylvania you know your tuscarora 50s you know your your bigger events in pennsylvania um you know some speed week shows with ohio and then pa speed week as well we're going to try to all I, we might do all the high limit races uh you know we might miss a few but you know we'll, we'll be right there being close to running 100 percent of those as well and then the only other 360 race we're going to run this year will be uh, 360 Nationals at Knoxville. 
Yeah, and, and again, uh, this is this is kind of going to be an, an outlaw season for you this year then, right? Is that what you're trying to tell us a little bit? Yeah, we actually, for the first time, like we really we have a full crew. Um, you know, I've, I've always been reluctant to do that. Um, but Miles is wanting me to assume more position of driving and focus on that part of it. And, you know, he's allowing me to do that. So now we've got three full-time guys. You know, we're we're honestly in a really good position right now. Florida, you know, Florida, we went down there, you know, I wouldn't say with no expectations, but we went down there, you know, wanting, I think my main goal was to make sure all the guys could work together well and everybody would mesh well. You know, we've got one guy that's new that's never, you know, never really been out on the road. You know, we've got, you know, a couple of, you know, we've got a couple of Bob Curtis is the crew chief on the car this year. We've got another guy, Dalton, uh, and he's, you know, he's, he's been out there, but not a lot of experience. So it's kind of, it's kind of good to get all these guys and, and get them down there and got them working together. And I felt like by the end of the trip, I really felt like, you know, everybody was gelling really well and. And, you know, that was my main goal going down to Florida was just to come out of there, you know, have some strong runs and and uh, build some speed and, and just get everybody on the same page. You know, a, a lot of people don't realize the effort that it takes to travel up and down the road uh, like 180 days a year. And, and, and so many people look at it as a glamorous life, but it's not so glamorous, is it? Well, I mean, there's just a lot to it. I mean, it's – and honestly, nowadays – honestly, nowadays, I mean, it's – I'm not going to say it's way harder than it used to be, but the amount of the amount of work and the amount of time and the amount of maintenance and the amount of upkeep, uh, that level's so much higher nowadays than it was, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. So now, you know, to compete on the same level as all these other major teams – You've got to have two, three guys. You know, if you're going to race that at that level, right. and you're going to race that much, like we were planning on doing. I mean, it's it's unbelievable the amount of help that you have to have, the amount of people you have to have, and, and you have to have good people. You know, it's right. So, and I feel like that's something I've had to learn. You know, the last two, three, four years. You know, we've got an owner like Miles that you know, has the money to get us out there and has the has the means to to get us the right equipment and to do the right things. Our main thing is just, you know, mainly me learning how to how to run that side of it, you know, because I've never right. you know, owning your own stuff. You, you don't ever try to spend an extra dollar anywhere. And, right. and with you know, with Miles, he wants me to do it the right way. He wants us to do things the right way. And and you know, with that, it's just it's made us you know learn learn how to run things the right way. And you know, I, I'm I've been learning that side of it quite a bit these last two or three years. How's it feel to be a family man now, Sam? Well, and that's the other side of it. You know, I never, I never had all that stuff before, and and uh, you know, I didn't really have a lot of stuff to come home to. So I just stayed out on the road pretty often. And you know, now we were down, we were down in Florida for two weeks, and you know, it felt like two months being being gone. So it was really cool to get get on the flight uh, home on Sunday and get back here. Yeah, no well, the, doubt. The, the competition level, as you pointed out, you have to up your game. But every the competition level is so fierce out there. Everybody's got all these full time guys. And, Everybody's and got this. great equipment yeah. now, right, Sam? Oh, it's unbelievable. Um, which is a good thing. I mean, it's amazing where this sport's 
how far it's come and, and where it's at. And, and, you know, now we're seeing all the purses grow. Um, you know, I, being a race car driver at this age and in this time is, you know, is the best it's ever been. So it's really cool to, to be able to, to race in a time like now and, and to see, you know, you got the Eldora million, you know, obviously Knoxville's raised again. You got Houston's up to a quarter million. I mean, all these places, all these places, it's just unbelievable that, uh, that we're able to go out here and, and race for the kind of money that we're racing with. And, and, uh, you know, you, all these teams, they've, they've got great equipment. You know, they've got great personnel. I mean, I think there's 25 to 30 premier teams in the 410 division across the United States that, that have all the personnel. They have all, you know, like, and that's unheard of. Years ago, maybe there's maybe six or seven of the outlaw right. teams had yeah. had that. Now and now you've got, you know, you've got PA PA teams starting to have that. You've got it. Just it's unbelievable, and it, and just to see it keep growing and growing. And now, now it's like all these promoters, you know, Flow Racing, you know, Kyle Larson, Brad Sweet, you know, getting their high limit deal together. You know the outlaws doing the doing all their big bonuses for the exclusivity deal. I mean, I'm telling you, it's just uh, it keeps growing and growing, and and uh, it looks really good on on sprint car racing for sure. You'll be at Lakeside for that fifty thousand dollar to win race, right? Yes, sir, for sure. I mean, there, like I say, I think there might be one one high limit race we miss, and and we might not miss any at all, just depending. But uh, the way it looks right now with everything is that we'll definitely be at late time for sure i predict sam hayford cave will win some 410 races this year i think he breaks oh he's gonna win some yeah he's he is the track record holder at bristol for the fastest lap around bristol yeah he's got to watch that hand though if he beats on that top of that wing after he wins too hard he's going to break that hand so be careful there sam all right let's go to the phones junior parkinson's joining us now hey junior how you doing i'm good how you guys doing the hall of famer junior parkinson yeah (laughs) yeah thank you very much i appreciate that yeah so what's going on junior oh just out driving we're going over to uh that swap meet over over at uh, free shop and uh just uh Turn the radio on and listen to you guys talk about sprint cars, which is pretty good. I like listening to talk about sprint cars. So yeah, yeah. Just call, uh, call and leave you a message while I go, and you pick the phone up. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, well, just to enjoy the show, especially when you talk about sprint cars. When, when Junior calls, I've got to pick up the phone. <laughs> That's not necessarily true. Hey, you you know what it's like uh, racing against the PA posse, don't you? I do. I raced there for five years, and uh, back when Kitty and Jan and Bobby and Stevie and Paxton and uh, Pitcher, yeah, I can. Yeah, I was there for several years racing with them guys. Yeah. Uh, what What do you remember about your glory days there, Junior? You You were such a good sprint car driver. Talk about well, I, your I, glory I raced, days. I, I raced a lot of different places. I know when Pat Sullivan did that deal about me, he said you raced with a bunch. And he said, you raced with the, the groups, and I raced USAC when, back in the late 70s, early 80s when it was, when it was really tough. And, uh, of course, Pennsylvania, the All-Stars were in second, that All-Star deal to Opperman in 73. And it's, uh, uh, back then it was, uh, it's not as tough as it is now. Well, back then it was still tough, but it's, uh, uh, it didn't cost as much to race back then as it does now. 
back then, in, it, back in those days, you built your own car, didn't you? Well, no, I ran. We there was wasn't as many guys building. I know I drove an Osborne car for several years, and uh, well, yeah, for about six or seven years. But yeah, there wasn't two or three guys building cars, but they all built them out of their shop. But but yeah, and you didn't. But you didn't have these fifty thousand dollar motors. We had right. seven, eight thousand dollar motors, and <laughs> but uh, but it was. I say you don't say it wasn't as tough then as it is now, but it was tough then. I mean, comparatively, it's uh, junior it is now. Junior, how old are yeah. you? How old are you right now? Seventy-four. Eighty-four. Seventy-four. 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 <laughs> Seventy-four, and you're still easy. and you're still driving a sprint car. Uh yes, I am. I worry about you when you get out there, but I know you. You tell me that every time you see me at the track. But uh, hey, uh, you know we're, we're we're having fun. Linda and I are having a good time, and we we traveled. We went to Iowa and raced a couple of times last year up at Oskaloosa, the last deal they did there, and uh, did we had a second, a third there. So we we we're doing okay. We're having a good time, and and uh, just traveling a little bit, and plus doing our work and. Of course, with her last name, it's uh, kind of easy to get into the racing part of it. You're living life, Junior. Uh, That's hey, the important ju- Junior, maybe one of these days you'll you'll put me in your car and let me go out there and make a couple laps. It's not hard to do. Just come to Valley and we'll put you in and let you go make a couple. But I don't know. Can you get in it? Oh, I uh, can get in it. Okay. Yeah. No, I can fit in it. I've got the fire suit and everything to do it, so. You just I, uh, you just tell me when to be there and I'll do it. Yeah, but I, uh, yeah, it's it's we're having a good time and it's uh, fun and like I say we get to travel a little bit. And, uh, you'll get around, you'll get around racing people, which is good. We'll yeah. see you at the Hall of Fame next Saturday. I will be there. Yes, I will. Yes, it'll be and great I, to I, see I, you. I enjoy listening to you tell your stories. <laughs> it'll yeah. be fun. We're, yeah. And just so people know, we're not going to be live streaming it this year. Not this oh, you're year. You're not. No. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Okay. Right. I'm not sure how that's being handled, but uh, we're looking forward to it next Saturday mm-hmm. at the Carb Hall of Fame. Junior, thanks yeah. for checking in with us. Oh, Look forward okay, to guys, seeing thanks. you. Thanks. Like I say, enjoy listening to your show. And thanks for picking up, Scott. Like I said, I was just going to leave you a message. And thanks for picking up. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. Anytime, All right, Junior. You guys. All right. Thank you, buddy. Well, when Junior calls, you're going to answer. Well, yeah. He's a Hall of Famer. Why wouldn't I? Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to hear a, a re, uh, replay from Monday of Steve Post, the postman, who was on pit road at the Daytona 500. Right. Covering it for Motor Racing Network. Talking Inter- about uh, what happened last Sunday. Interesting conversation that we had with him um, on Monday. Again, mostly motorsports on Monday, 12 noon Central Time. This week, we're going to have Hudson O'Neill on, one of the great late model drivers in the country. He's going to be on with us on Monday. He's running with the Luke Soil Late Model Dirt Series, and uh, he's going to be on with us. He's got four wins this year, and he'll be on Mostly Motorsports with us on Monday at 12 noon Central Time. About 1220, really, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. And, yeah. of course, we post on all the podcast uh, services that you have out there. And you can always find all of our podcasts at the top of our com page. There's a link up there to where it says Mostly Motorsports. All you got to do is click on it, and you can go through the entire inventory. 
How many shows have we done so far? 250-something? 250-something. 52-4, something like that. In that neighborhood? Yeah. Well over 250 shows. Yeah. You were busy last year. You did it every day. Every day. Not so much this year. We're just here on Mondays and Saturdays. Listen. A little longer show. that, That everyday show. That was a that was a little stressful trying to get the guests lined up and whatnot. Fill an hour and forty five minutes, two hours every day. Right, is not easy to do. It's not easy. It's mm-hmm. not easy. No. Okay. All right. We're going to take a break. We're going when we come back, more of track talk. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. It's all right here on Sports Radio eight ten WHB. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Track Talk here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm Scott. He's Kirk. We're the Racing Boys. Todd Surprise helping us back here. Who's back at 810, Kirk? Kyle. Kyle. Back there. Kyle Collier. Hey, Kyle. Appreciate all the hard work back there at 810. We appreciate your effort. And, um, Kirk, we had a chance to talk with Steve Post this week. He was uh, there on pit road at the Daytona 500. The uh, lead pit reporter for MRN. A lot of it was a good race. Yeah, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. picking up the win. The dirt trackers did a great job on Sunday out there, led by Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And we had Steve Post on Monday's Mostly Motorsports. Here's a portion of that interview talking about the 500 last Sunday. Uh, seeing Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Christopher Bell, and Alex Bowman, all and Alex Bowman's become pretty good sprint car driver, by the way. Um, it was pretty fun to see those three drivers finish in the top five, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. And Alex was busting. Alex was busting Larson and and Bell and Stenhouse and everyone else because over the course of about four or five days down there, um, our, um, Bowman had a quick time at Volusia a quick time at um, East Bay and a quick time at Daytona. Right. You know, so he um, he is he is evolving really, really well as a sprint car driver. He has such a passion for that. And and, and every time I talk to him, he's still at the phase. And, and I'll tell you what, what he reminds me of is Tony Stewart, okay? Tony Stewart, remember when Tony went wing sprint car racing? It would be like, man, I'm just I just can't get the feel of this. I just can't get the feel of this. I just, I, I can't, you know, I'm I'm not good. And I remember it was, it was the, the, the reason there were a couple, two things stand out about a race. It was at the Talladega Dirt Track, a World of Outlaw race. Two things stand out. It was David Gravel's first career win. And racing in the top five that day was David Gravel, Steve Kinzer, Donnie Schatz, Tony Stewart, and somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I remember the next day on the stage, backstage, at the, um, at the driver introductions for the cup race over at Talladega, the, the, the big track, I said, hey, pretty good run last night. And he looks at me and he says, for the first time in my life, I felt like I should have been on the racetrack with Steve Kinzer and Donnie Schatz. And I sense that same mindset that Alex still doesn't feel like he's there, but he is getting closer to that moment where he's going to feel like he belongs on the same track with Donnie Schatz and Brad Sweet and guys like that. That's remarkable. That's remarkable the progress he has made as a sprint car driver. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, uh, yesterday at one point it looked like Austin Dillon and Kyle Busch were setting themselves up to be 
a one-two finish at the end of that race. What'd you think about RCR and, and and their accomplishments yesterday? That that was a big feat for them yesterday, wasn't it? I think so. I think Richard Childress has got to feel like the Cheshire Cat right now that he's got he's got things where he wants. And this thing this thing is fascinating. This thing is fascinating. And and I actually I'm a little concerned that by Austin yielding just a little bit to uh, to let Kyle come down in line in front of him might have slowed the momentum and got Austin back in the mess he got into. Right. So I, I think you yeah, that that very well could have been the pace just because momentum is so important there. Was that but a big mistake, that, Steve? That was that a big mistake that they instead of going uh, behind one another that they one took the inside, one took the outside. I think that no, was I a mistake. Would race, I, no, I thought I thought the plan would have been. I thought the plan would have been whoever's pushing you, whoever's pushing me. When somebody gets the advantage, that's when they drop down in line. Right. I, I felt like it was a race. And if we ran side by side to the finish, then one of us was going to win the race. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a problem. I didn't have a problem with the side by side start. Um, I just was a little shocked that, uh, that that Kyle got down in front of Austin as quickly as he did. And I think that break in momentum, I think that break in momentum might have put Austin back in the mess that he was in. But you know, it's 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 easy. To, I don't know. I, I and, and you know what? This is the first time we've had the, the choose rule at a super speedway. So who? How do you know what to do? You know, I mean, right. you just don't know what to do on this one. And I think they, I, I think they thought they had a really good plan, and had Kyle drop down in front of them, and they'd race to the win in the Daytona 500. We'd be raving about what a genius plan it was. Um, sometimes plans just don't work out. So I don't know that it was a mistake or a bad call. I think it was the the, the call they made, and uh, and and, it, and and they didn't end up on the right end of it. How about Travis Pastrana ended up running 11th? That 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 that's got to be one of the feel good stories of the day, doesn't it? No doubt about it. He came down there. We had we were talking about this last night in the hotel. We got back. Everyone got back to the hotel. We we're just staying out in the parking lot. Some of us were going up to our rooms that had food. Some were going across the street to Subway to get some food. We were talking about it, and man, we had some characters down in Daytona that we normally don't talk to and talk about. And first and foremost, I mean, the return of Jimmy Johnson was good, and Connor Daly being there was cool. He wasn't all that competitive, but it was cool having him there. But man, Travis Pastrana is just such a breath of fresh air. Um, I had the chance I interviewed him on Wednesday night after he qualified into the Daytona 500. And then during the rain delay coverage in the truck race, I had a chance to talk to him. And he is so warm. He is so engaging. He is so genuine. And he's just such a he, he's he's just such a badass race car driver too, and yeah. and 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 athlete and and motorsports junkie, and all the stuff he's done. But the kick I got out of him, the the funny thing about it is, is my my follow up question. He qualified on the uh, qualified on Wednesday night, and I asked a question, just your thoughts about qualifying and everything like that. And I said, I said, you have done everything in motorsports. I mean, you've jumped out of vehicles. You've flown vehicles through the air. You've bounced them off from walls. You've done everything in motorsports. What is it like in a NASCAR cup car with no practice to qualify for the biggest race of the year? And his answer to me was, 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 was really, really cool. He said, I did all the simulation that Toyota would give me. He said, and there's no simulation in the world and no sensation in the world like 185 miles an hour in that back turn. He called turn number three the back turn. Right. He said, there's no feeling, no sensation, no more dramatic feeling 
than I've ever had than going 185 miles per hour in that back turn, knowing that a Daytona 500 spot was on the line. He's an adrenaline junkie, a junkie, and that is among one of the biggest adrenaline rushes he's ever had in his life. I can't imagine the 11th place finish at Daytona was far less than that. Man, when, when, you're, when you're getting adrenaline out of a guy like Travis Pastrana, that's, that's a major accomplishment. No doubt about that. Travis Pastrana has done just about everything. He's jumped out of an airplane without a parachute, Kirk. Would you do that? Uh, no. No. <laughs> He's uh, He is an engaging character. That guy. About it. He's a superstar. He, he is, and he has that little. Fearless. He's fearless, and he has that it factor. And you know he's at that age now where. He, you don't do the stupid things like you kind of used to. Right. He, he he has calculated risk. He's considered NASCAR a calculated risk, you know, at Daytona. Right. So, but you know, this guy, he when he wrecked a motorcycle at 16, he separated his pelvis from his spinal cord at 16 on a jump. Yeah, he's uh, he's a great guy. Let's talk about the winner, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. How right. cool was that? That was probably as cool as anything I've ever seen. I mean, really. we've seen Ricky out racing for a lot of years now, and that's his second him win at Daytona Five Hundred. Second win at Daytona, right? Third uh, plate, uh, I say plate ran Super Speedway win because he won a race at Talladega the same year he won at Daytona. Right. So he's got three career wins. He's an exceptional plate racer. Right. right. He is. He knows where to go in that race. But to first see of that, all, Kirk, we we need to quit calling it plate racing. Because super it's not play, it, it's it's yeah. super speedway racing, right? But to see that one car team of JPG Doherty win that race, that, that was, was awesome. as cool as watching Ricky Stenhouse win team. it. Uh, Tad and Jody Geschechter are a great couple. They they're great people. Right. You had Brad Doherty as part of that team. Gordon Smith is NBA part owner of that player. team. Yep. But the key factor was bringing Mike Kelly in as crew chief yep, on no that doubt. team. These two guys worked together when Ricky won the back-to-back Ex- Xfinity, Xfinity Series titles back in 2011 and right. 2012. Right. Christopher Bell running third. I thought that was great. Alex Bowman ended up running fifth. Some dirt racers. Bell had a good shot at that thing. He did. And you could see he was going to have a chance at it the way he ran the dual race. He almost won that, mm-hmm. so you knew he was going to be a big factor in that race. Bell, Bell stepped it up last year, even more so this year. A true championship contender is yep. Christopher Bell. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, hour number two is coming up, and it's all brought to you by Rod In Supply. We hope that you'll join us. You can watch us on our Facebook page, YouTube, Twitter, and RacerBoys.com. You can watch it on all of those platforms. And uh, we hope that you'll join us in hour number two. We're going to have uh, Jerry Covert on. Lee, Sp- Lee-, Lee Spencer is going to join us as well. And don't forget, on Monday on Mostly Motorsports, we're going to have Hudson O'Neill on the show. So, anything you need to add, Kurt? Uh, that He's the hottest late model driver in the country right now. Right, no so doubt. It'll be fun talking with Hudson O'Neill. All right, thanks, everybody, for tuning in here on Sports Radio 18WHB. It's all been brought to you by Rod In Supply. Featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. For Todd Surprise, for Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB.